Hello everybody and welcome to this game where with me, Ashley and Me Chris. Hello everyone. No, you got you went too early. And Me Chris. Hello everyone. And then you went too late. There you go. Sorry. Good stuff. You really threw me with that. You're on the sweets. Yeah, I got some sweets. My uh, my lovely wife just brought me some sweets to to get me through the the podcast. To get you through. She could tell Chris was in one of those moods. One of my unrelentingly positive moods. Is that what it is? Are you unrelentingly positive? Well, I was doing some work behind the scenes on some episodes uh, last week. I noticed in, I think it was uh, Transport Tycoon or something, like one of the quite early episodes, you put something about how, in the description, you put something about how you were you were grumpy because of me being unfailingly positive and it was doing your head in. <laughs> that sounds about right, to be honest. I'd like to tell people that I'm not as grumpy as I come off on this and it's a little bit of a character mm. but then people that know me might disagree yeah. so I'll I'll maybe not say that don't say yes as though that's how rude how rude how dare you sir are you okay presumably unrelentingly positive is how you are yeah I'm good thank you I've had two dinners Chipper. I've had two dinners today so I'm pretty good oh my gosh why and what I went out for a walk socially distanced with a friend this morning and um they bought you dinner uh, no no we decided to go for KFC <laughs> <laughs> when did you get a KFC? We walked to a KFC. KFC was part of the walk. And then I had proper dinner at home with a family. So I got quite sleepy. Did you tell your family that you well, I, I wasn't, had a KFC? I was going to keep it secret to be illicit and because I felt guilty. But I didn't. You just came in and you said, sorry, wife, I've had KFC. I'm not sorry. How about that? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Don't, don't hate hmm. me. What did you have for your second dinner? Uh, chicken again. Double chicken. But was it like a chicken roast dinner? Uh, it was chicken wrapped in bacon with broccoli and spinach and American gravy. And it was delicious. American gravy? Mm. What's American gravy? Yeah, like KFC gravy. So there's a link there as well. What's the difference? That's like southern, like got a bit of spice to it. Right. Okay. So I didn't know that we were going to talk about gravy, but I don't think that American gravy... You're talking about... If you're talking about southern gravy, you're talking about that white stuff that they... Yeah. No, it's not that. Have you tried that? No, I haven't. That's what I thought you were saying that you had for your dinner. But what you're saying is, I just had gravy. Because KFC gravy is just gravy. It was it was that sort of gravy. It wasn't the white gravy you get in America, which I've seen in programs. Right, so it wasn't and... American gravy. No. It was gravy. I don't know what that white stuff is, but I don't want it on my plate, no sir. It might be all right, American gravy. If you are American and uh, and know about gravy, let us know what actually is that, that white stuff that the southern states call gravy because in britain gravy is like this brown substance that's made of meat juices and stuff thickened up with like corn flour or whatever which is what chris is talking about when he says kfc gravy because the gravy at kfc is what i would say is english gravy and you're calling it american gravy so it's different and it's not maybe it's mid-atlantic gravy do you know how they make the gravy at kfc oh i don't want to know because it's gonna be do you eat gravy from kfc yeah it's really nice don't tell me. Oh, right. Well, one, I think it's shit. Oh. So there's a, there's a difference. But two, every night they clean the grease traps from under the where they fry the chicken. Yeah. And then they use the bits from the grease trap to make the next day's gravy. It tastes really nice, so I don't care. How about that? It tastes like water. It's brown water. It makes me think you've never had actual gravy. Speaking of brown water, how are you? <laughs> you dickhead. <laughs> um... 
I'm okay, thank you. Good. Do you want to ask me again? Did we talk too much about gravy? Is that what well, you're suggesting? I think now we've, we've done the gravy chat part of the podcast, we can tick that box. And shall we move into the actual, the meat of the, the podcast, if you will? What are we talking about tonight? You've once accused me of sounding like a local radio DJ. Like, bit shabby. But the <laughs> amount of puns and shit that you drop into this podcast, you you sound like that. That's what you sound like. I quite enjoyed the Pac-Man episode where I said about, I love a little Roger, or whatever it was I said. I thought that was quite... Yeah, it was something like that, quite yeah. Sly. It's always innuendo as well. I, I said that you are you are starting to make this podcast into a slightly homoerotic affair. Mm. Yeah, but that's... It's, that's how it comes across, I think, to people. That's your hot take on it. That's, that's not down to me. Mm, I'm not the one talking about enjoying a little Roger. It wasn't even that episode. It was another episode where you very quickly, twice in... Twice in quick succession, you made some comments that sounded a little bit lewd, uh, suggestive. Yeah. So, Ashley, what what are we doing tonight? No, I mean that sounds smoother than you sound normally. Tonight, we are actually going to be talking about a game. How about that? Whoa! It is this game where a collection of colourful characters duke it out on the track in a fight to be the champion racer. Is it a cart game of some sort? It might well be. Oh well, that's really narrowed down. Well, it does narrow it down, but can I have a clue as to the console? Well, yeah, but I don't really think you need it. Is it Mario Kart? Yes. Ah, Mario Kart, the original. Yes. So it's Super right. Mario Kart okay. on the SNES. This week, me and Hannah bought Mario Kart Eight Deluxe. And we've been playing it with yourself and your daughter over yeah. the internet, and it's been a nice affair. It's been great. I've really enjoyed it. So it was the first game that sprung to my mind when it mm. came to figuring out what game to do this weekend. And I was aware that you and I had discussed the fact that we maybe should save it for a certain time. But actually, I thought we were talking about Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. So I've used a loophole and decided that I'm going to talk about the first one. Nice. That's okay, isn't it? Yeah, that's fine, a little caveat. That's absolutely fine. I don't think I've ever actually played the original on the SNES. Oh, really? Okay. Mm. So it came out in Japan, the UK, North America in 1992, and Europe, the rest of Europe even, in 1993, which means that I was four when it came out. Wow. Nipper. Yeah, exactly. And I actually think that I probably saw this game for the first time, and this might well have been the first game that I saw on a SNES. I think I saw this game very shortly after it came out when I was about four or five. I've talked to you previously about four or the earliest memories that I've had. Yeah. One of which is when I got my mass system for Christmas. This is another one of them. This is just like a screenshot of being, not even a screenshot, a little gif that I can play back in my head. That's how loose a memory is because I know where we were. We were at a, a relative of my step-parent. We were at their house. Right. And her boyfriend had a SNES. It was the first time I'd seen a SNES and in the SNES was Super Mario Kart. It was playing on the screen but no one was playing it and obviously me as a four or five year old I was super into games Mm -hmm. already and I was looking everyone was talking around me. I was a four I wasn't involved in the conversations. They were adult conversations. All I was doing was watching the Super Mario Kart attract screen play over and over and over and just hoping that I was going to be allowed to play it and then we left without me playing it. Oh no. So yeah that that was the first experience I had of the game. The first experience I had of the SNES which I thought looked absolutely gorgeous the actual console itself and the game that was playing on it it looked fabulous that scarred into your memory because it was dangled in front of you and then whisked away again it's not a negative memory it wasn't even dangled in front of you it just happened to be there and you were lusting for it it was there yeah uh, Yeah. i was fixated by it It, like it looked amazing and i really wanted to play it it's not a negative memory that it's a positive one it's not like i felt like i'd been thwarted or i'd been robbed i just felt lucky to have seen it if that makes sense (laughs) genuinely this is the way that i 
I remember it. This is the way that I experienced it, as far as I recall. So yeah, that was the first time I saw those things, and I was bowled over by it. I then actually got the game when I got a SNES for Christmas, probably in 1997, maybe 1998, somewhere around there. Right. Uh, it's a bit hazy, that period of time. So what would I have been then? I would have been getting on for... I would have been eight or nine around that time. And several years later, several years in one house move, in fact. So I got this game with my SNES for Christmas. It was one of a few that I got, including Super Mario World. And I played the socks off it. It wasn't is brilliant. I don't know how you will respond to it if you've never played it and you're familiar with the other Mario Karts. But I'm hoping that you will be able to see... Well, it will be very easy, in fact, to see the links. Because the formula hasn't really changed. Yeah. Even now, even Mario Kart 8 is still the same game as it, as it always has been. So I'm guessing it has multiple elements to it. Yep, it does have multiplayer elements to it. In fact, the game was developed. Do you want to ask your question and then I will tell you what I was going to say? So, I'm assuming you can play against someone else racing but did this have the battle elements that I know Mario Kart 8 and other Mario Kart they're even present in this, are they? They are, yeah. Well, this right. is this is where they started, yeah. So they, they were there from the off and actually the Mario Karts that I remember the least fondly are the ones that do away with them, including, unfortunately Mario Kart 8. One of the things that I hated about Mario Kart 8 was that it did not have the battle mode. When I had it on the Wii U, it doesn't exist. The multiplayer element of that game is just racing against each other around the tracks. Precisely, wow. yeah. Okay, um, whereas that. they reintroduced it in Mario Kart 8 Deluxe for the Switch and it's for the better because some of those modes that we play, that we have been playing are phenomenal. Yeah. And actually just the original... So going, going back to Super Nintendo uh, Super Mario Kart, the original battle dome or whatever you want to call it is as good as it's as fun to play as the battle modes are now mm. or at least as far as i remember it is it's a little bit slim back it only has the one variant if you like of of how that works and you, it's the one way you've got the balloons and you've got to shoot each other or take each other out in yeah. such a way as to get rid of three balloons and then you lose or win but i remember that being very fun there is obviously also racing as a multiplayer aspect and it's interesting that you've brought that up in the first place i don't know if you have done that on purpose because the game was built around being a multi multiplayer experience. Oh, okay, that surprises me. I would have assumed, based on technology, that it was a single player game that had the multiplayer tacked onto it. No, nope, not at all. It was the other way around. So Shigeru Miyamoto ideated this as a multiplayer game. The, Miyamoto and the team, I should say, formulated it as a as a multiplayer game first and foremost. That actually imposed itself on the way that the single player works, meaning that there is a vestige of the split screen that exists for multiplayer in the single player. Okay. Do you know what I mean by that? You look a bit confused. So you mean that the fact that the single player you play in one half the screen and then the other half is presumed taking it with a map or something. Yeah, exactly. So you've got the bottom half of the screen is your is your race, your view of your cart. And then the top is, I think it is the map, but I also think it could be your rear view mirror. Oh, okay. So for listeners, this next bit is slightly out of sequence because Chris and I, it is what, it's April uh, 2021 right now. And Chris and I have used these to holidays to make a few backups just in case one of us falls ill or uh, decides to go on holiday when we're allowed or something like that. We've played, as part of our backups, we played Super Monaco Grand Prix. And one of the things that I remember you commenting on is the fact that the single player sort of has a split screen element to it. Mm -hmm. And it's similar. What I'd forgotten when you said that, what I've been reminded of in doing the research for this, is that this game works in the same way. Okay. So it's got the bottom half of your screen when you're in single player is your view of your cart and then the top is your mirror or your map or whatever which is interesting in and of itself because it's sort of I, I call it a vestige of 
the multiplayer approach. The multiplayer was what they were aiming for. Reason being, F-Zero, which is another racing game on the SNES, yeah. one that I've never played. Have you no, played I've F-Zero? I've never played F-Zero. Yeah, so F-Zero is a fast game from what I know. I've seen footage of it. And that was just a single player experience and they wanted to build on what they'd learned there and then incorporate it into something multiplayer. The game, for what it's worth, people may be unsurprised to hear, the game has always been a sales giant really the original super mario kart sold about nine million copies which at the time was massive Mm. to compare that with what's going on right now mario kart 8 deluxe actually regularly sits in the top 10 for japan and uh, united states of america and that's across all consoles so in terms of just uh, units sold it hits the top 10 on a regular basis and has since it released for the switch it's sold 30 million copies hasn't it just this week become the biggest selling racing game ever i'm sure i mean if i had found that piece of information that would have been a really good one to include so i'm sure i saw that headline i didn't read the article because basically that's what you need to know but there was there was something about it being that the biggest quite possibly quite probably we have speculated between ourselves about a mario kart 9 potentially being Mm. uh, released sometime in the near future next year or two that was prior to me doing the research for this and looking into what was going on with mario kart 8 deluxe the fact that it has such a long tail in terms of sales the fact that it's selling like gangbusters even now the fact that it's the as you said the biggest selling racing game of all time and the fact that it doesn't seem like it's going to slow down suggests to me that mario kart 9 might be a long way yeah down the line like it might not even appear on the switch it might be another another console generation yeah the series has only had as you as you can probably tell it's only had eight games released in 30 years or or thereabouts so 29 years of this series and it's only had eight different iterations of the mainline series that i do not count is that one per console effectively or have there been some consoles where more than one was released you've got one per console but then the wii u and the switch share one in the form of mario kart 8 and it also includes unusually actually in terms of the way that nintendo franchises usually disassociate home console releases from handhelds the mario kart series actually treats their handheld iterations as mainline Mm. games mario kart 7 it was actually the first one to be numbered in that way okay and that one was the handheld the 3ds version of the game so yeah i i can't think of any other franchise or any other nintendo ip that does actually include its its handheld iterations in that way can you zelda possibly because they're counted as part of the the canon at Link's awakening yeah i i can see where you're coming from because there's not necessarily a through line from one to the next in terms of zelda unless you talk about the official timeline or whatever yeah that's there are references for sure yeah aren't they but at the same time if you look at those so minish cap which is one of the best zelda handhelds that was a capcom game wasn't it that was yeah that was produced by capcom and as were age of seasons age of old I think they were Capcom as well. So Nintendo were shipping those out to mm. third parties, whereas I don't, ima- I can't imagine them ever doing that with their main Zelda titles. No, no, not at all. But then in terms of actually, yeah, may- maybe Zelda would fit that remit, but I'm not sure. If anybody does know one, they could maybe come and let us know on our social medias, the the Facebooks and the Twitters and the YouTubes and the and the Instagrams. And while you're at it, like, subscribe review all that jazz so going back to mario kart on the snes there are in mario kart 8 there are a lot of characters you can play as and a lot of courses you can play on there's 48 courses how many characters and courses are there in this version the original it's funny that you should ask that because that was that was the next thing that i was going to talk about so good question great good preempting so there were eight characters available and those characters were list time for you yes great giving you a little treat mario luigi peach bowser donkey kong koopa trooper and Toad. 
So eight characters. Any surprises there, would you say? Sorry, let's go through them again. <laughs> Mario, Luigi, Peach, Yoshi, Bowser, Donkey Kong, Koopa Trooper and Toad. It's actually Donkey Kong Jr. from the original Donkey Kong games. What, not Donkey Kong? It's not full Donkey Kong. It's Donkey Kong Jr. with his t-shirt on. So I probably should have made clear that. I'm surprised that Koopa Trooper's there as opposed to another... But then, then Who would like... you have had instead? Because yeah, this is what, 1992. That's what I'm just thinking after saying that. Mm. Daisy, she was a character that's often been maligned in the main series and is only available as a playable character in, you know, the spin-offs like tennis and golf, etc. Yeah, but where was Daisy from? Where does Daisy actually... What's her genesis? She is from Mario Land on the Game Boy, I believe. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. Again, that suggests differentiation between Super Mario World and Super Mario Land. Yeah. So they didn't want to have Peach in there. Don't waste too much brain power on that question. Let's not worry about it too much. In terms of those eight characters, though, they had different attributes. Are you aware? I don't know if they do this. I think they do still do it, but it's not so upfront. So it's Donkey Kong is is heavy and has his Wario and Yoshi and Luigi are quite good all-rounders, I think, and Toad, possibly. Things like that. So the way that it splits down for these eight characters, the first two, Mario and Luigi, they are all-rounders. Peach and Yoshi, they have good acceleration but they don't have the top speed. The top speed goes to Donkey Kong and Bowser, so they're the fastest characters, but they are the slowest to accelerate. And then Cooper, Trooper, and Toad, they have the best handling. The three attributes that can vary are handling, speed, acceleration, and then you have Mario and Luigi that are all-rounders. They're sort of reasonable at all three of those things. And what I like with those is that they've considered the character as well. So Donkey Kong and Bowser are the slowest to accelerate, which of course they would be because they're the biggest physically. It makes sense. Now, I think in later versions, possibly even Mario 64 going forward, if you had a smaller character or a tall or a larger character, that would also impact your weight, your heaviness compared to other characters. And there was actually a thing whereby if you were a big character you could actually ram into the smaller characters and that would spin them out okay i don't know if that worked with medium characters like yoshi or mario or anyone like that but i think that did work say you were bowser you hit toad i think that spun toad out but that might be that might be old mandela effect (laughs) yeah where i've developed my own game in my head a thing that i've overlooked that i meant to say that i haven't had chance to say the game is actually you probably already know this the game is actually credited as like the first kart game i didn't know that but i'm not surprised yeah there is a go-karting game that came out before this called power drift i think that was quite early on like 1988 but it didn't have like the combat mechanics that this introduces so this was released and then spawned quite soon after actually a a plethora of different um takes on it yeah to to be polite and as we've we we talked about this during our grand turismo episode quite recently but on the ps1 in particular there were so many kart games and the legacy of some of those card games is still around so for example crash team racing which was actually a very good one was remastered quite recently but i noticed that coming out on the switch in the next couple of months is a uh, i can't quite remember what the title is but basically it's like a nick tunes nick tunes racing it's yeah. called nick tunes racing yeah but there's a sequel to that coming out oh yeah oh i didn't know exactly. that exactly <laughs> Right, okay. Yeah. Just what the people are crying out for in 2021. Give us a sequel to Nicktoons Racing while the developers well, have answered. Looking this up, I had a little look at a few of these kart races. I and mean, the one that I, that stands out was one, I think it was called Konami Crazy Racers for the Game Boy Advance, which was 
Konami's version of like a character racer. The genre lends itself to that as sort of reskinning approach. It's, we've had South Park Rally, yeah. which was a South Park kart racer. Uh, we've had uh, Diddy Kong Racing, which is Rare's take on Mario Kart, which I, I actually really liked. I, I'd love to know how that stands up. We will be doing that at some point. And so many others. Crash, as you said. And they just, uh, the list goes on and on and on. I yeah. won't keep rattling them off. Wait. But yeah, this is the first as far as as far as that formula goes. Super Mario Kart is probably one of the hardest versions of Mario Kart. And everything that they've done since then has just been to try and make it more accessible, more fun. The rubber banding. I mean, rubber banding does exist in Super Mario Kart, this one. But it has become more bandy. It's, you definitely, uh, it's, it's become more rubbery. Is that... I don't know which one it would be. You're more packed together. More rubbery, I think. Yeah, in newer iterations than you are in Super Mario Kart. The aim was to, is to make it fair even if you are super skilled and know your way around. You can still play against someone who is new to the game or to the genre mm. and they will have a reasonable chance of doing reasonably well. And the fact that that's the case even in this first iteration of that series is brilliant. It's less so. Ah, okay. It's less so. But it's but there. It's still there. Good. Yes. So case in point of that design ethos, Hannah and I were having a few races a few nights ago and she was, I was first, she was second. All I got was coins. Yeah. All she got were red were red yeah. uh, shells, homing shells. So at one point she sent seven, I, no joke, she sent seven red shells after me, one after the other, before I could even get myself moving again. Each shell hit me and I just sat there as she whizzed past me. <laughs> And then equally when you, in Mario Kart 8, when you're in 12th place, you then get the, it's probably got a special name, but I don't know what it is. You get this this 8 power, which is where you've got a bullet bill, you've got a, a blue homing shell, which is the shell yeah. that homes it on person in, in first place. Basically gives you like 8 really good power-ups all in one go. To, the absolute to, arsenal, yeah. Yeah. Which is fantastic. Mm. And you mentioned the bullet bill power. That, you get that usually around sort of 10th or 11th place. That's the one that zooms around the track. And if anyone gets in its way, they get kicked out of the way of it. That's a really good power-up. Yeah, they all are in Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. I think the power-ups did start here. I'm not going to go into the power-ups until we've played. It's fair. So that you can see what they are for yourself. In terms of cups, because you asked me about cups, there are three cups initially accessible. That is the flower, mushroom and star. And then there is the special cup, which you can unlock if you meet certain criteria in the game. Similarly... You can unlock 150cc as an unlock okay. for all courses, all cups. And again, I can't remember the criteria for unlocking 150cc, but it's definitely an unlock rather than just being open. Anyway, we've mentioned battle mode that exists. There is time trials and grand prix for one player and two player. And there are like player versus player matches where it's just you and mm. the other player, I think, rather than also having computer players on the thing. In terms of what each cup entails now i thought you'd have played this game so i was going to include this in another part which it will be the last thing that we talk about before i before we play but there are this is the only game that has five races per cup oh okay yes so all of the games have four races per cup this one has five, which is an interesting difference. I can only assume that they thought it was running too long and made the change down to four. Possibly. But it makes it a little bit of an endurance. Yeah. Uh, there's an endurance aspect to it. One of the reasons is this. So I, I had this lined up as 
I was going to couch it as what do you remember about this game but you have not played this game so here are a few things that I had forgotten that were surprising when I found them out in my research right so the game has lives you can lose lives if you place outside of the top four in a Grand Prix you will lose a life and have to redo the race in order to progress to the next race Mm. so you have to finish in the top four in order to progress Mm. you can game over out of a Grand Prix okay so if you lose all of your lives you will get game over i know you're not keen i'm not particularly keen i'm getting grand turismo flashbacks now when i when i (laughs) rage quit that race and then had to it's a lot more fun than grand turismo good the computer players if you don't play as a certain character say you're mario all of the rest of the computer players will have superpowers why what i mean by that is that each of them is able to do a thing that the others can't do or that some of the others can't do so i can't remember which ones can and which ones can't i should have locked this down in my memory better but as an example donkey kong basically has infinite banana skins he can just lay down a trail of banana skins wherever he likes whenever he likes without picking up a power up right only when he's controlled by the computer yoshi lays eggs if you run into an egg you spin out peach she lays down like these poisonous mushrooms that if you run into them you spin out and they're the ones I can remember. There's a bit of a theme here, isn't there? Yeah, they you, they spin you out, but that's the way that they all they all work. The power characters up, laying it? things down to spin you out, which I don't remember. I don't remember that at all. I don't remember that aspect of the game at all. It's something that was done away with in subsequent iterations they just had to run into and pick up the power-ups the same way that you do and there is a power so this is the last one there's a power-up in this game that only appeared in this version of mario kart up until mario kart 8 deluxe all right is it the blooper nope Mm. that isn't in this game the power-up that was in this game that didn't appear until mario kart 8 deluxe and actually only appears in battle mode in Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is the feather which allows you to jump alright so you can't just jump as default you can jump as default with the R button right but the feather allows you to do a super high jump you remember when you play battle mode in yeah. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe yeah. you get the feather you can do the little hop but then the the feather sends you high into the air so you can like jump over other carters yeah. or you can jump out of the way of shells the feather was in this game and didn't make an appearance again until Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, only in the battle mode. The reason that I think it was removed is because it became a bit of a superpower mm. for players. Yeah. They included it, I think, they included it because there were ways to take shortcuts, and shortcuts have always been a big part of yeah. the series. There were ways to use this power-up to make to take shortcuts, uh, but you could also, and this is unintended consequences, you can also find shortcuts that Nintendo didn't intend speedrunners and uh you know just skilled players have used that flower power uh, sorry that feather power to basically break the game and and do courses in super quick times right so that that is presumably why it hasn't been Hmm. repeated in later versions of the game so the feather is presumably a reference to super mario worlds so the feather was what gave you the cape in that so yeah i think did this game come out it can't have come out that long after super mario world surely i can't remember the release date of super mario world before we start playing the game itself you said that you got this game for christmas either 97 or 98 what Mm. were your memories of the game when you actually got your hands on it after lusting after the age of four i said i said at the beginning i played the socks off it this game was swapped in and out of the console with super mario world for a long time and i loved it i thought it was brilliant and have you played it much in the what no 
No, 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 not at all. I've dabbled with it a tiny, tiny bit, maybe once or twice for 20 minutes on the Super Nintendo Mini, you know, the mini classic console that they released a few years ago. I've played it a little bit on there with my nieces. But other than that, I think that's the, that is the last time that I played it about three years ago. And before that, it would have been pre-2000. Okay. So, because, main reason being... The N64 version and all subsequent versions superseded this yeah, one. Absolutely. So it's sort of it's one of those it's one of those franchises that's always on the forward mark. Yeah. Which we'll come back to in the second half. Great. Well, I'm hoping it will be as good as you remember it being. Shall we make our way to the starting line then and get yes, our engines please. revving? Super Mario Kart, I think, is Mario Kart not as you know it. Not as I know it, or not as how the audience knows it. Not as you know it, or not as people know it in general, but I think for you, that might have been a bit of a surprise. I can see how this series has evolved to where it is now, because it is actually, in essence, is pretty similar to where it is now with Mario Kart 8. Yes. But I think there have been improvements made to it under the hood between this very first version and the, the modern but to give it its due this game came out in 1992 and it's still pretty damn good and it's not that far off what it is now so swings and roundabouts yeah okay so you've taken a different tack actually i i was getting at something else like the difference between this and modern mario kart and actually mario kart has been for maybe the last 20 years because there there are some differences but actually the similarities are there as you as you have pointed out and it maybe doesn't control the way that mario kart 64 controls or or anything onwards but then everything else the the template is laid down quite strongly and has continued uh, to be there throughout even to the point where themes circuits have similar themes mario circuits look thematically similar now to the way that they did in mm. the first game so the main difference to me is what you've just said is the control i was able to bez around courses just with my thumb held over the accelerate button and not actually have to break at all and was still really in the in first place but was the 50cc mode when it went to 100 that was different but for 50cc certainly i was able to go around without touching brake at all how did you find the controls well so the controls i think they it controls very differently uh to the way that 3d versions of mario kart control i'm getting different vibes to what i was expecting i i thought that you would you sort of intimated now a couple of times that it was fairly easy but that is not my experience of this game and i thought you maybe at the 50cc level it was easy 100cc i mean i so i did the first cup at the 50cc so the easy level effectively and breezed through it i then tried the second cup at the 100cc level and that was a lot more challenging and was quite frustrating as a result of that because i wasn't able to breeze through as i had done with the first set however when i then ranked third overall when i managed to complete that cup by the skin of my teeth for the last couple of races and with no lives left as well because the life system mm. we talked about in the first half the rush i got from coming third in that last set was was brilliant yeah because you had to struggle for it yes i did i had to I had to work when was the last time you struggled at a mario kart game well as was the or first, have you ever so i didn't talk in the first half about my relationship with, with mario kart i played mario kart 64 quite a lot when i was about 13 or 14 and 
then Mario Kart 8, and I haven't played any other games in the series at all. Oh, right, okay. So right, yeah. I don't really have any experiences of struggling in Mario Kart because primarily, certainly with 64, it was played multiplayer. I never played a single player. Mm. So that's very much dictated by the skill level of the people you're playing against, obviously. And then Mario Kart 8, I'm playing pretty much consistently against a six-year-old. So if you, Even if you're playing against a six-year-old or you're... F- 14 year old friend or whatever you still got the computer players mm. to contend with so you were playing this single player today super mario kart single player and the computer was beating you yeah and um, we're doing sneaky devious things so there were yoshi for example kept laying eggs in front of me which was very irritating and disgusting i've played every version of mario kart except mario kart 7 on the 3ds i have to say i think this is the hardest version of mario Mm. kart and it's not because it's clunky or badly made it's because it's genuinely difficult yes yes the computer players are designed to give you a challenge and to try and take you out and and to win like they are out to win they're not out there to just give you this sense of someone else being on the track and a sense of competition they actually really are a a competition Mm. and i think that's what's lacking in later versions of mario kart for me mario kart 8 if i'm playing on my own against computer opponents i don't lose i think that's something they've been driving towards for as i say at least at least the last couple of decades all all of the games since 2000 onwards since double dash gamecube you mentioned it well yes the gamecube version Uh, since then it's been i think they've been focusing on accessibility and part of accessibility is not giving everyone a thrashing all of the time yeah so the challenge has sort of slowly fallen away or, or maybe quite drastically fallen away because the challenge basically isn't there in the way that it for newer games that in the way that it is for this and that's when you're playing against a computer yeah I actually think this is one of those strange occasions where it would be easier if you were playing against other players because they're going to make the same mistakes that you make. Whereas the computer players, they haven't been programmed to be perfect. They still make mistakes. They still slip up, but they are adept in a way that Mm. as a human player, I wasn't able to be. One thing that I was getting frustrated with was, and we had a bit of a disagreement about this, in Mario Kart 8, I'm fairly sure that when you knock into other players, you get a bit of a speed boost so it encourages you to bash around and knock into other people whereas you seem to think that that's not the case in mario kart 8 no but in this version when other people knocked into you that depending on the size of the other character knocking into you it would at the very least make you lose some coins but it often sent you spinning out which then had to then build your speed back up and that was very frustrating especially when it's happening when i'm on my final lap and i'm really i need to get in the top four in this lap in order to to finish and then suddenly i've spun out and now i'm down sixth place oh that was quite irritating yeah we'll come to that in a moment so let's not forget to come to that about the weight thing mario 64 has that and i think most iterations of the game do have that the only thing that i disagree with in terms of the way that i remember mario kart 8 is that you only get that speed boost when you're hovering i'm i I thought that was what it was you can draft in mario kart 8 so you can sort of sit behind somebody and then come come around the side of them and get a speed boost off their draft or whatever but i didn't realize or i didn't think 
that you got a speed boost from knocking into them when you were on wheels. So coming back to the fact that you were sort of coming forth or whatever, like worried about coming forth, what you're referring to is the fact that if you didn't come in the top four, you would have to re-race mm. that race. And if you failed at a race or if you failed at a three races throughout a Grand Prix, you were game over. Yeah. You had to start the whole Grand Prix again. There is a sense of jeopardy to yes. this game that yeah. isn't there anymore in Mario Kart. If you come eighth or whatever, if you come seventh, if you come, if you come anywhere, it just carries on. Yeah. You just move forward and i think that aids fun i do actually think that aids fun but it also lacks it removes that jeopardy mm. which adds to the challenge of the game and i kind of miss that challenge i do kind of miss having a challenge in in mario kart so that to me that is an unfortunate move in the wrong direction over two or three decades and i suspect that's been removed from subsequent titles because they've tried to make it more accessible and more pick of and play yeah i think the live system live systems in general are, are outmoded aren't yeah. they and we've talked about that a few times so like with mario odyssey the fact that you don't have lives in a lot of modern games is a forward step. Yeah. In Mario Kart, that brought the jeopardy. I'm not necessarily saying that you should reinstate a life system in a Mario Kart game, but I think they could maybe do with looking at how to inject a bit of jeopardy mm. into into proceedings so yeah one quirk of the game that we both picked up on which i think was brilliant was this whole thing that we spoke about in the first half the use of the rear view mirror so when yeah. you're playing the top half of the screen is you know, the racetrack and the bottom half is a map so you can see the 3d representations of the characters which aren't 3d and we'll come to that in a few minutes as well but we both noticed that when a character behind you does something that is going to jeopardize you in some way so for example throwing a shell at you it then switches this rear view mirror to show you what has happened behind you which character it is what it is they're sending you away to give you a bit of time to respond to it and that was brilliant yeah i think it's a really nice thoughtful piece of game design where maybe they had in testing they they had people that were a little bit aggrieved that they couldn't see what was coming from behind them or they didn't have some kind of heads up that things were coming yeah you can actually switch so that it's permanently your rear view mirror by pressing options but even if you oh, don't okay. do that you you still have that heads up and that is something that has persisted through to the most recent iterations of of the game where what you don't have the rear view mirror anymore which is interesting mm. but you do have those little speech bubble type things yeah. that come up behind your car so if there's a red shell coming behind you or a blue shell it will pop up in like a little white bubble there are lots of good things to say about super mario kart there's lots of good things to say about mario kart in general but super mario kart in particular started off on a very good foot and things that continued through to the rest of the series the actual design of the courses i thought the courses in super mario kart were very well put together and very well considered as were the themes that they placed them in so in particular i like the ghostly yeah was it ghost boo house type levels yeah the boo you call them boo house i always thought of them as ghost piers yeah because they're sort of suspended in the air and they're like rickety wooden rickety wooden tracks and you can hear, hear the wood as well as you move mm. across them it's pretty cool in mario kart 64 it is that boardwalk type thing you're talking about and actually I've, i call them a boo house but it's not indoors it's outdoors so that's probably a slight misnomer that's maybe just i don't know what i'm calling it for whatever reason i don't know what it is i don't know no. i've kind of just assumed that it was a pier there's something in my head there's a bell ringing saying boo boardwalk is that the N64? Possibly, because the word boardwalk sounds familiar. Yeah, so. you've just said boo boardwalk. You just said boardwalk, and then uh, I think boo boardwalk might be 
That's why it sounds familiar. Might be the M64 version. But we again, we could have checked, we could have checked that, but never mind. We didn't. Yeah, design-wise, I thought that they came up with some really nice designs and things that have persisted, again, as through lines through to the rest of the series. So Mario Kart circuit, uh, sorry, Mario circuits in the new versions of the game have design elements that hark back to Mario circuits in Super Mario Kart. And the themes were re- definitely related to Mario World. So you had donut planes for example which i think is the first area in mario world and it was like vanilla lake etc it it felt like a successor to super mario world and i also liked within these themes that the levels had something that mario does very well as a series overall this idea of quirks within each level or something unique to the level so the bowser's castle levels have thwomps that came down to squash you as they would in the in an Mario game the boo pier boardwalk whatever you want to call them had uh, wooden fencing surrounding the edge of the track and as you bashed into it you could see it physically getting weaker so on subsequent laps if you bashed into it again eventually it would disappear and then create a hole that you could potentially fall through and that was just a really simple mechanic but it then made you change the way you drove around the course each time in order to not fall off, which is fantastic. Exactly, yeah. They all had, they all had their novelties, and novelty is something that we talked about as a a desirable element of Mario and something that makes Mario games so fun to play because from level to level, you don't necessarily know what to expect. And that is front and centre here. Mm. Uh, um, From theme to theme, I would say, maybe is more accurate for Super Mario Kart because... um, yeah, one theme has its own novelties that the other theme doesn't. And and you're constantly being treated to something new, which is it's Mario and it's um and it's just nice. It's just nice to have. Makes it fun. That's a very fun element. Yeah, absolutely. So I said about the sprites being three D. You said mm. is it that so obviously they're not three D, it's on a, a SNES. But each character you said What do you mean? No obviously it's not three D, it's on a SNES. What about what about the actual 3D games that we had on SNES, like Star Fox? Yeah, all right, I'm discounting them for the sake of this point. The sprites were made up of 16 sprites. Depending on what button you press to, say, to turn the cart or whatever, will shift the position of the cart, as you'd expect. And the each cart, each character, can move through 16 different positions, which is important because of the spinning element when you when you hit a an obstruction you spin out you spin all the way around 360 degrees several times and you noticed it when you were selecting your characters that actually the on the character select screen when you select one the cart and the character will spin around because they've modeled those sprites from 16 different angles they get this really lovely smooth Mm. animation uh, out of that spin and it, it is notable it is noteworthy and it does look 3D but it's a it's a pseudo 3D effect the other element of 3D in this game is the way that the plane of the tracks moves so it's sort of like so anyone that's played F-Zero or anyone at this point had played F-Zero in 1992 they would be familiar with this because this is made possible by the Mode 7 in a SNES and I might get this wrong 
So anyone that wants to correct me on this, please feel free. But the Mode 7 chip, as I understand it and, and remember it, because I forgot to check, double check this before we started. The Mode 7 chip allows textures to rotate and to scale on the fly. So they don't have to have, you, say you've got a texture that is a certain size and you want to blow it up. You want to scale it up or scale it down. The Mode 7 chip can actually handle that on the fly rather than having to have multiple sizes of the same texture mm -hmm. saved in onto the cartridge. What that allowed was this rotation of the tracks, the textures that make up the tracks, which actually makes it adds to this sense of movement, mm -hmm. this dynamism when you're staring around a corner because the actual horizon shifts the plane of your your view shifts and this this even occurred on the track screen when the game started it had this sequence featuring the characters all racing against each other and, and toad was the one that was hit by a shell i think and spun out and mm. it looks really good i can definitely see how as a four-year-old you watching that you'd have wanted to get your hands on that because it, it did a really good job of showcasing the game and the effect yeah looking at it as an adult was quite interesting as well because what you have is this introduction to a game and it is on the snes and you've alluded to the fact that primarily you would expect games on the snes to be 2d affairs yeah and the game starts off uh, sorry the attract screen starts off with character well with the title on a fairly flat background and it's sort of everything's moving left to right as though you're traveling along to the left and then the carts come on to each character in its cart in their cart comes on from right to left driving along and they're flat too so everything looks flat everything looks 2d and then you've got toad comes on bowser behind him bowser fires the shell and at that point you go from everything being 2d flat to this lovely hmm. 3d animate well pseudo 3d animation so it's almost like it's a bit of a surprise which i wouldn't have picked up on as a four-year-old but it's sort of showing off the fact that we've got this lovely snazzy yeah. pseudo 3d effect in this game and that this came out in 9293 this effect was being used it must have looked incredible it still does look incredible i think it looks incredible it's something that the the actual way the game looks is something that people when they want to criticize mario kart they pick up on the fact that it looks dated i think it looks great i think so too i know that there are certain things that sort of sit quite flat so you, one of the things that you picked up on was the fact that the coins they they are laid flat on the ground and the question mark box as well the coins in particular they do look a bit naff but if all you're really commenting on is is a coin texture you're kind of missing the beauty of the rest of the game because i think a lot of the rest of the game looks lovely but then you countered that with the fact that the things that stuck up like pipes and piranha plants and monty moles in one level they were 3d and then you knew they were a physical obstruction because they were physically obstructing the course whereas if the coins and the question mark blocks had been physically in the way as well you wouldn't have had that immediate differentiation between knowing that what was good and what was bad yeah so that was a speculative consideration on my part i think i think it's probably justified yeah i think it would make sense to me. That's why I can't, I don't have any proof that that was what they were thinking at the time. But what I'm thinking is that in 92, we're still as gamers, we're still learning and actually developers are still learning what translates well visually for a game and how people pass games, the visual language of gaming. Yeah. Now we're very, very familiar with it as gamers. We're very, very familiar with it, even more intimately familiar with it as developers. But at the time, I can well imagine that there was a consideration whereby they, they think, how do we make clear what our obstructions and how do we make clear what 
what aren't so helpful things yes let's lay them flat on the ground because you can you can go over things that are flat on the ground and the rest we can stand up and they can feel like visual uh, like physical obstructions so yeah it was speculative but as you say it does kind of make sense so key question then in the first half we established this is a game you have not played for over 20 years really in any great detail how does it stand up to your memory of it this is fun i think as i remember it being it doesn't feel as fast as i remember it being that's the only thing that i would say yeah i remember it being a bit more frantic a bit more speedy than it was but it's got a lot more movement to it than i remember it having and that is largely down to that mode seven effect of the scene spinning around the challenge Mm. is surprising like i didn't remember that this was as hard i've just got into this groove of mario kart being easy and mario kart wasn't easy (laughs) at the beginning the levels the the tracks were actually challenging in and of themselves even if you were time trialing these you would still find some challenge in them so yeah i think that was a surprise going back to it but in terms of whether it's worthwhile now i think it is i think that you could go back to this and play it and enjoy it for its own sake Mm. Not just because you like Mario Kart now. And in fact, if you do like Mario Kart now, it would be very definitely worth going back to because you'd find something new in Mario Kart. This was actually quite a refreshing experience because of how easy Mario Kart has been of late for me. So yeah... If you want something new out of Mario Kart, curiously, go back to the very start of Mario Kart and and play this. What about you? In in terms of the landscape of Mario Kart, how do you feel about this compared to the other Mario Karts that you've played? I thought it, it held up very well and was definitely enjoyable to play, which I was not sure would be the case because we've been the first game in in the series, etc. But I agree with what you said, really, that <clears throat> that it's easy to play but difficult to master and the fact that i was getting not frustrated with it in those harder ones but i was getting a sense of self-improvement perhaps because i was i was you know getting better and getting to understand the Mm. courses better that was quite interesting to play through yeah you didn't get to the last well second to last cup the accessible cup star cup you didn't play any of those did you after well i heard i heard you chuntering about it so i thought (laughs) i'm not gonna yeah bowser's castle on there is challenging right i came eight three times on there (laughs) so yeah uh i'd have probably if you get into i'd have probably somehow as we come in ninth or something Mm, i well i don't know let's not be let's not be too harsh to you (laughs) I've enjoyed myself this evening. Good. I hope you have. Well, what more can I ask um, And I hope everyone's enjoyed listening to this episode. If you have, you might want to join us on our Facebooks and YouTubes and all that, like I said earlier in the in the show but also all even more importantly to us at least just to because it helps us sort of grow and get to new people if you can like this or share it with people that you know subscribe and all that it it sort of does things behind the scenes with various platforms that helps us to get in front of other people and listen to by other people the more that happens the more likely it is we will have a nice little community that can talk to each other and share their thoughts on the games that we talk about and others 
Absolutely. Which would be lovely, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you agree? I, I absolutely do. Next week's episode will be my turn to bring a game for Ashley to play. It's going to be the first game in a series, which is still going very strong. And I suspect that Ashley's not going to particularly enjoy playing through it. I think it's going to give in the willies. Great. What a lovely week you've set me up for. To, <laughs> I, I look forward to sitting down and doing this podcast every Sunday. And you've just told me that I'm going to hate the experience next week. No, I, didn't, I said it's going to give you the willies. Right. Let's sign off and I'll think about what you you mean by by giving me the willies all right then. i wonder if that translates to a met to an american audience i wonder if they understand what giving you the willies means who knows we'll find out i guess <laughs> okay see you next week bye